In this conspiracy-ridden episode, we risk potential brainwashing as we break down Disney's Fantasia film and its alleged Illuminati connections. And we're live. Welcome to the Phantom Jukebox. I'm Ty Lindsay. And I'm Joseph Shannon. And we're two musicians that dive into the world of music, their myths, conspiracies, and bizarre music history. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you want to check out our back catalog, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, uh, Good Pods, any of your major uh, streaming platforms. And on some of those platforms, namely Apple, you can rate and review. Uh, if you could leave us one, uh, tell us what you think of the show. Uh, leave us uh, some comments, some feedback, some future episode ideas. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. If if you like us, leave five stars. And if you don't like us, instead of leaving a review, just go tell us on a Twitter at Phantom Jukebox underscore, or Facebook at Phantom Jukebox, and Instagram at Phantom Jukebox Podcast. Uh, very quickly. I would like to do some shout outs to some uh, really good fellow shows. Uh, we've got the Paranoid Style podcast, which is a conspiracy theory podcast. Ooh, we do like conspiracies over here. Oh, and that is very adequate uh, for today's topic. Ah. Uh, and then we have the, uh, uh, I, I appreciate the, the rhyme scheming going into this name. It's the Gruesome Twosome Movie Reviewsome. Okay. And they are a horror movie review podcast. I do like me some horror movies. I am a big baby, but <laughs> uh, I do appreciate like a lot of like your classic horror movies have really good stories. And I'm kind of a sucker for like a really good story. Like, I don't know, like the thing, for example. Yeah. yeah. Or like the Babadook. Uh, you know, they're, they're properly scary movies. And you know, with my mindset, I totally shouldn't watch them, but I, I always wind up making it, making it happen. My favorite is when you combined horror and comedy to create something like Tucker and Dale versus evil. Oh yes. It's just the best. Such an underrated movie. It's actually like really like, I mean, it's kind of goofy towards the end. The whole movie is kind of goofy, but like it, the concept's incredible. Uh, those of you listening, if you have not watched Tucker and Dale versus evil, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself. Be that friend to yourself and watch that movie. Um, Army of Darkness and then the Evil Dead. I'll say Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 1 is kind of a tough watch. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Easy. Easily one of my like top 10 movies of all time. Really? Yes. That movie is, it's one of the best written films and like it's fast. It Like the, the jokes, like I've watched it at least six times Um, and I try to spread the, you know, I try to spread them out. So not like get burnt out on it or anything. Probably more than six times. And I find something new every time I watch it. Some like joke to where like, you know, things are being done to the music or like, you know, characters that you don't realize are from other shows. It's incredible. And if you would like more of these type of reviews, check out the gruesome twosome movie reviewsome. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of ground to cover ah. in this week's episode. Joe, how much do you know about a 
Fantasia and B, any conspiracies surrounding it. Oh, God. Oh, man. Do you mean, do you know what a Fantasia is? Negative. You know what Fantasia is? You've never seen it? Nope. I know it's the one with Mickey Mouse, right? And, and what, like, how are you describing Mickey Mouse? Because I mean, there's a lot. Mickey Mouse as a wizard. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Where, it, that's where it starts. I know the, the, the scene of him using magic to the broom and will mop to mop the floors. That whole scene. Okay. That is all I know. That is it. Well, you're going to get some learning today. Um, so Fantasia is a, and I've seen it. I've seen it in a long time. And it's a trippy movie, uh, but it's essentially um, uh, a 1940 American animated musical anthology film made by Walt Disney. Okay. So it is, it is Disney. Yeah. It's not just another mouse that looks a lot like Mickey Mouse. No, it's not a, it's not a Ricky Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky the rat. Yeah. Um, I forget the guy's name actually, but the originally, um, Mickey Mouse was actually supposed to be a rabbit and he had a name. Oh, he was supposed to be this rabbit. And then like he, well, Disney like lost the rights or something like had difficulty with the rights. And then he like created Mickey Mouse based off of the design for the rabbit. Oh, okay. There's a game actually where they make reference to that, where it's, uh, if Mickey didn't exist and everything's like inked or something like that. Oh, huh. And they haven't had a rabbit since just bugs bunny. I, I don't know if there's a thing with that or maybe like bugs bunny that like coming out had something. To, I don't know. I'm not quite sure why he exactly changed it, but I know originally it was uh, uh it was a rabbit. Huh? Rabbit season. Uh, so we're going to get in, we're going to burn through the basic info and ba- and you know, basic info on this. Uh, Cause there's, there's a lot that actually did happen with this movie. That's like kind of questionable. Like there's, there's a, uh, there's conspiracies, but there's also controversy oh. regarding this film. Oh. And um, it's believed that this film is connected to our old friends, the Illuminati. Oh, Okay, I'm ready for this. So, um, R E S P E C T. Yes. And there's, I think I'm going to <laughs> hold on to, uh, um, I was going to kind of do like a breakdown of the, uh, you know, usually I kind of break down the, uh, what's the word? Uh, kind of like with the, uh, you know, the, the main topics of this episode kind of normally, yeah. but uh, I, I don't think, I don't think we're going to do that this time. Oh, we're, we're switching it up. Oh yeah. No, we're, uh, cause like I went, cause, cause once, once I said Illuminati on this one and like your eyes lit up and I was like, Oh, why? And how it's connected to the Illuminati is just chef's kiss. <laughs> uh, I actually had, I, this, this story takes so many turns, even down. I, I'm not even going to ruin that. I'm not going to spoil that. Oh my. Um, Oh Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, I actually had to get some music for when we get to uh, a particular section that uh, I need to play in the background. Uh, the original icon was uh, uh, Oswald, the lucky rabbit. Oh, that uh, was going to be the, I was going to be 
you know, the main mascot for Disney and then one doesn't have thing. as much of a ring as Mickey Mouse. No, it doesn't. But the, the designs are identical. Oh, really? Except like Oswald's got like blue and then like Mickey's is like red. What about the ears? Uh, well, you know, his, it, it's yeah. the same silhouette as Mickey Mouse. Okay. So Mickey's got the little circles. He had like, you know, elongated like bunny ears, but there was still like that simple inked out design. Imagine if it was like, if that was Oswald the rabbit was the mascot that Mickey Mouse is for Disney. Yeah, it's it's trippy to think. Uh, anyway, it was, I mean, who's to say it wouldn't have picked up either? They're like they wouldn't have caught on like Mickey Mouse has. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it would be kind of different. That's what that game's about, actually. It's about like, yeah, if, uh, kind of back to the future if like Mickey didn't exist. Wow. It's interesting. A little dark for some Disney films or Disney material in general. Yeah. Anyway, back to the topic. Uh, Fantasia was uh, the Disney company's third animated film. Oh, Snow White was the first. Well, like feature length animated. Okay, film. Okay, yeah. They yeah. had done like cartoons, but like we're talking feature length. And the first one would be Snow White is the first uh, full length one. Uh, and then uh, not like of all time, because I think there's actually one cartoon that's like from like Sweden or something. Okay. Uh, but in terms of Disney, Snow White is the first full length feature. And then Pinocchio was actually the second that came out, oh. which I did not know. Yeah, that's not bad for their second movie. I mean, even Snow White wasn't that bad of animation. I mean, oh, it was an incredible animation, especially yeah. when you see how they did it. Literally like draw like they painted the backgrounds. Uh, like, you know, oil painted the backgrounds. Really? The, the scenes like, yeah, when they're in the forest and stuff, usually like if you look, you can tell when it's like an animation cell or when it's um, like a can't, you know, a canvas, but whatever the, the backdrop is. So that doesn't change when they don't have to change that. They don't. And what they would do is essentially they have this giant camera that's pointed down and they would paint on like uh cleat. I don't know what you call it. Like um, some kind of like clear plastic, you know, paper almost if you can imagine i don't know what it's called um but yeah they would draw and like, they would draw and like sketch the thing out and then they would paint these animation cells and it's like clear like it basically what I described as like a clear wow. sheet of plastic paper that has like two holes in it and basically you line it up one click take that one off put on the next one click take that one off put on like the next claymation one. stop motion yeah it's essentially wow. stop motion yeah no it's uh it's pretty, actually that's what you're seeing though in the movie in the movie. Yeah. It's everything you're seeing. And wow. Um, then that's not really even animation though. What that's is animation? It, it's like, it's, it's the, the most traditional form of animation. Claymation is a type of animation. Oh, I didn't know that. It's just like the 3d application of it. If that makes sense. I thought animation was to animate was like in the computer. No, no, no. Huh. Animate. I mean, it's still technically because you still have to like stop. You know, you do it in what we in with keyframes now. Yeah. Um. In like in the computer and stuff, and then they still in like like for Family Guy, for example, those are all most of the time still hand drawn. Um, wow. But it's done on a computer, so like you basically just instead of like moving a sheet of paper back and forth, you're just kind of going back and forth between like frames. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, like frames, like frames per second. I think Rick and Morty also does that. Yeah. Cause their eyes keep 
the re- there's especially actually, in the pupils. Like, there's a reason they're, all, they're yeah. all like fucked up like that. Yeah, it's a it's a no it's a nod to this the artist style, but uh, that's where like 24 frames per second comes from. Wow, because to fill up one second of film is 24 Jeez. sheets of plastic paper. 24 click move click move click move, and that's if everything lines up perfect. For one second, one second, it's 24. So imagine when you see something in animated slow motion, it could be up to 60 to 100 frames. Oh my! 120 God. frames per second. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane. Uh, needless to say, um, uh, they they were pretty expensive to make. Pinocchio was a box office bomb for uh, unfortunately, because uh, I think what people were expecting with like Snow White, it's all like whimsical, and you've got like your kind of classical story. Pinocchio gets kind of dark and kind of real at times. Yeah. Um, I might, I mean, thinking back, I mean, hindsight's 2020, but if I was, if I was the director of a studio, you got something super whimsical and then you got Pinocchio, which I think is a terrible story. Personally, I've never, I've never liked any iteration of Pinocchio, but you think you might like maybe bridge that with something. Yeah. They should have saved it. And then like Snow White, Cinderella. Yeah. Pinocchio gets dark. Like Pinocchio is like the fifth. That's where it should have been. Where it should have been. Yeah. Pinocchio, like they get drunk, like the kids like smoke and stuff. Oh, wow. You know, have you, have you seen it? I've seen, it's been a long time. I, yeah, since I've seen it. It's been it's, a long, I don't remember anything. Yeah. They go like, they learn like some really like tough life lessons and stuff. Like, they're like, there's like runaways and it's, it's kind of a rough movie. Yeah. When you open up with Snow White, you can't hit realism off the bat. Mm-hmm. So what Pinocchio, uh, what it'll be essentially, uh, let's see, it costs 2.6 million to make Pinocchio. Wow. In the forties. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, and it was basically snow white was half that. So ba- snow white was, uh, just over a million dollars to make 2.6 million dollars to make Pinocchio. Uh, and they only recovered. They basically only got a million of the 2.6 million back. Wow. On returns because Pinocchio just did not sell. So they lost, they lost out on $1.6 million in the forties. Which is important because they released Fantasia right after this. So they hit it out of the park with Snow White. Oh my God. Look at this flop on this, on the second. That's actually kind of like if you like with album releases too. Yeah. uh, Things we've seen you know, have this great first album, you know, cause that's, you know, you know, they're, you know, no one's expecting anything. And then boom, you have this great album that comes out. It's that sophomore album that really kind of sets like, Oh, they're just a one hit band or like a one, yeah. one CD band. Uh, I mean, every CD should be great, but those first two, namely that second one really kind of like cements your, yeah. It sets the tone for the rest of it. Yeah. Cause if that second one sucks, you they have to try even harder on the third one. And it's so hard to get that momentum back when it's just like a, uh, I like their first album. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's spooky. Which is weird because usually, I mean, like there's a lot of sequels to movies that I really like. And the sequel of it is did really good. But then, yeah, it's just weird how that, how that works out for movies sometimes like that. But then albums, it's, it's the second one that really, yeah. Cements it for you. Yeah. Which, what, what sequels do you think are better than the original movies? Just curious. Well, honestly, I like, uh, 
Terminator 2 was better than the first one. 100% is a solid answer. Yeah. Um, no, Shrek 1 was better. I, mm, it's Shrek 2 is really good, but Shrek 1 is better. Yeah. Shrek 1 it is just better. as a classic. Yeah. Terminator 2 is probably the best example. Good solid answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the Bohemian Rhapsody of, of movies. It's like you just have to like it. Um, so it took three years to make Fantasia. Okay. So wow. out of the park with Snow White. Uh, box office bomb with Pinocchio. And now your next thing is taking you three years to make. Well, they're going to be careful because the second one was a bomb. You'd think you'd try even harder. And on paper, it sounds like a really cool idea. Except none of the characters talk. Oh. None of the characters talk. It's a, it's a, the only sound in the movie is orchestral music. Nice. Famous like orchestral pieces and they're animating scenes to these orchestral pieces. And I have a breakdown of each one coming up. That is a, that's a dedicated leap. Like your B-sides material. Like this would be like bonus stuff you'd release later. Well, that's, that's like a ballsy move to make a whole movie like that. I mean, yeah. you, you got a lot of faith that this is going to work to make a whole movie where there's no talking. Well, we're going to see what happens. Uh, it was the first film to combine animation, music, and stereophonic sound. It took nearly three years to make and featured the efforts of more than 1,000 artists and technicians to put this together. That is awesome. Uh, conductor Leopold uh, Strakowski, I apologize, S-T-O-K-O-W-S-K-I, Strakowski, I'm sorry, and his 100-member Philadelphia Orchestra also appeared in the film. In the beginning, so it starts off, the movie starts off with like the orchestra and the conductor in the beginning. I think Mickey Mouse shows up for a little bit. I think that's where the talking is, is them yeah. talking about like, and now we go into this piece, you know? Okay. Yeah. At one point they introduced the band and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, no, it is a, uh, for the most part, there is no like talking the actual like film segments, like the each individual, like musical segment. Like it's just a, a scene you see developing in some ways. And we'll see how here in a minute. So it's, it's uh, orchestral pieces, like classic orchestral pieces. Yeah. That, famous uh, ones. The music videos for those are just made into a movie. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. It's, it's essentially it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a really good a way to compilation of music videos that yes. all kind of correlate. Hey guys, we really got to knock it out of the park with this. Does anybody have a sure fire idea? Do you want to do Cinderella? You know, follow up. I like Snow White. We can almost do the same thing again. No, 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 no. Won't do that. Yeah, we'll do that at least like maybe like third or fourth film in. What you think? Just because that worked once, that we can use it again? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If I was a betting man, somebody escort Terry out of the building. Uh, so in the box office, it lost more than the modern equivalent of $15 million and nearly drove the company into bankruptcy. Oh, (laughs) oh, (laughs) yeah. It's regarded as the classic now. Yes, because 
because <laughs> so critics like critics loved it. Okay. But people didn't. Yes. So like, <laughs> so critics like, yeah, critics who can write like a great review on something, but they don't pay the bills. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's only so many people. Like maybe that's a hand, a hundred people. If maybe nowadays, probably thousands nowadays, but maybe 8,000 people like all around the world. But that also shows why we don't need critics. In my opinion, like if I, critics said that it was really good, right? Yeah. You would think that if critics were important and we needed them, it would be to, oh, they said it's really good. So that will draw a lot more people in to go see this film. But if it bombed that hard, then that means that the people who actually went to go see the film by word of mouth are telling people that the critics are wrong and it wasn't that good. And that's affecting ticket sales. But I think we have in that situation, I, I do like, I mean, I don't love criticism all the time, but I do like, I mean, I, there's, there's some critic things like critic, critic reviews I listen to. Um, and I think they're important because we, I mean, essentially it's like, they're, they're literally like analysts of different things. And then, you know, we're talking about film analysts here. And I think you need people like that to like write down, um, what you know, write down, you know, technical aspects or good and bad things about a film so we can learn from it. Yeah. Definitely. So, so in an educational sense, I think it's very important to have critics also like, you know, for a director, you know, to like, you know, take, you know, choose to take, or at least hear maybe a different opinion than they would have ever considered. Okay. But what yeah. I think, what I think would have, might've happened here, this is all speculation at this point, but like you have critics that really like something, but, the critics are potentially out of touch with the audience that they're talking to. Oh, so you have like basically someone that's trying to sell you like maybe due to some, uh, weird twist of fate. Someone really enjoys like a Yoko Ono performance at like a high art show. And they'll say like, it was, it was, I really felt certain emotions watching Yoko Ono growl and screech into a microphone that wasn't even plugged in. And then you send the regular average person in that's just kind of like, you know, what the fuck, what, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like suggesting this, like it's, it's like suggesting a restaurant that's all about the experience to a person that's really fucking hungry. Yeah. And it's like, what is this tiny little bit of the, it's, it's all about the flavor. It's like, yeah, but what about the steak I ordered? Like, I want to be full when I leave. I don't want to have to go to Burger King after I go to the restaurant, not after what I spend at this restaurant. Yeah. You know, I just want a plate of good food. I don't need a bunch of tiny plates that were handcrafted in the mountains. Yeah. You know? So you're saying Rotten Tomatoes wasn't available at this time? Well, Rotten Tomatoes really ain't shit because they're all kinds of... uh there's a, there's a whole other story. Like Rotten Tomatoes is full of shit. Yeah. But the, they do attract like, if they say that it scored a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, more people will go see the movie. That's true, but they will change. They, during the Captain Marvel stuff. Yeah. There was some problems with yeah. them changing things ever so conveniently. We don't need to get into that for this episode, but yes. Right. So that's my thing. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes is full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So not to get into all that. But anyway, um, 
So it was well accepted by critics, but did very poorly at the box office again. So like critics like, oh, this is great. And then people go to watch it and go, I didn't like it. Yeah. I saw Mickey Miles dressed like a wizard. And I was like, oh, cool. He's going to do some magic. And then he didn't. <laughs> he didn't even talk. And then the clarinet started playing. I do hates me at clarinet. <laughs> I don't know who that person is, but another thing that, you know, another little thing that might've affected their sales is the fact that world war two had kind of just started. Oh yeah. So that yeah. might, uh, timing, you, might, you know, yeah, it might not be the best time to go, bomb. you know, bomb. <laughs> <laughs> can't afford to go, go see yeah, uh, Disney is. play. Got the war happening. <laughs> so, war. so it it didn't do so well in the in the box office, and that and the, it not doing so well in the box office is going to come out come back in a moderately sized way later on. Okay, okay. Uh, we're continuing on with. Does our, that have anything to do with the conspiracy? Actually, oh. not a, a huge bit, but it gets brought up. Like you, you'll see, it, it it there's there's a line that gets drawn from A to B that like maybe goes around a mountain and through a valley and like, you know, goes, ah, yes. Yes. Oregon trail. Yes. It's not necessarily. Yeah. It's, it's, it started at left, died of dysentery. Yeah. 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 Um, in 1990, Fantasia was selected for preservation in the 19 United States, uh, film registry in the library of Congress for being culturally and historically or aesthetically significant with Shrek. It really made it sound good. And then you put with Shrek. Yep. Uh, yep, 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 yep kind of yep, makes yep. it not as significant. There's going to be some problems. Uh, maybe not necessarily some problems, but we're, maybe if we have time, maybe we can talk about like some, when we get to the controversy section of this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. About maybe this one isn't the best selection for this. Okay. We'll get to that. Okay. Oh, we'll get to it. Uh, so it's uh, again, it's a third animated film. It consists of eight animated segments that are uh, put to classical music conducted uh, by the uh, by Leopold Stravinsky and the Philadelphia Orchestra. These songs are Toccata and Fugue in D minor by Johann Sebastian Bach. The live action shots of the orchestra are illuminated in blue and gold backed by superimposed shadows that fade into abstract patterns, the lines and shape uh, form. And they basically like, it's kind of the idea of like from nothingness comes something. Yeah. Know? It's basically Pink Floyd's the wall movie, but sober. It's like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Beautiful. Uh, the next section is the nutcracker suite, which is, um, uh, it shows the changing of seasons from summer, winter, blah, blah, blah. Shows a, uh, a bunch of variety of dances presented by like, uh, like by fairies, fish, flowers, mushrooms, and leaves. Okay. So you are certainly tripping right now. <laughs> Next is the Sorcerer's Apprentice by Paul Dukas. I think that's how you say his name. It's D-U-K-A-S. Dukas. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to give him a little flavor. Um. Mickey Mouse, this is the the infamous uh, Mickey Mouse is the apprentice of sorcerer Yen Sid, and he attempts to use his master's magic, but does not know how to control them. So this is when, yes, yes. You know, 
King Can't Stop the Brooms. We have The Rite of Spring by Igor Stravinsky. Uh, it shows a, and this one we're going to talk a little bit about again. Uh, it's a visual history of Earth's beginnings. It's depicted with uh, sections of, uh, you know, the first living creatures, like the organisms. And basically it's like evolution into the dinosaurs. Okay. After that, we have an intermission, meet the orchestra kind of thing. Uh, we have the Pastoral Symphony by Ludwig, Ludwig van Beethoven. A future topic. Oh. And this is a mythical Greco-Roman world with colorful centaurs or centaurettes. Uh, Cupids, fauns, and other, you know, classical mythological figures um, are kind of like just kind of doing shit. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. living their Greek mythology lives. Uh, Bacchus is there. And then Zeus uh, decides to be basically classic Zeus and starts messing with them, like throwing lightning bolts, literally raining on the parade. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice. For no reason. I mean, Zeus is Zeus is pretty terrible in Greek mythology, if you're not aware. Yeah. He is not that fluffy guy. And uh, uh, Hercules and Hercules. No, 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 no. No. Uh, one, he would have tried to keep Hercules a secret. Hera would have tried to have Hercules murdered. Hercules would have wound up murdering his wife and children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is a dark, dark story. God of War got it closer. <laughs> got it closer. They're, they were more accurate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dance of the Hours Ooh, by Amag. Amakari Poncelli. That's a name. It's uh, a composer, so any name is right. Yes, by uh, AP. How's it go? <laughs> um, basically, this is the one. If you've seen the images of it, where you've got like the hippos doing ballet with the alligators coming out. Oh yeah, yeah. This is that section. Uh, you know, just kind of like uh, it's kind of a ballet gone wrong type thing. Yeah. I think one of my favorite sections, uh, it's Night on Bald Mountain by uh, Modest Mercer <laughs> Grosky. Jesus. So it's Modest, M-O-D-E-S-T, M-U-S-S-O-R-G-S-K-Y. Nope. Nope. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. This is Night on Bald Mountain and Ava Maria by Franz Schubert. Uh, so at midnight, the devil Chernobog awakens. And summons the evil spirits and restless souls from their grave from you know, the graves at Bald Mountain. The spirits dance and fly through the air until driven back by the sound of the Angelus bell. This is when Ava Maria starts to play. The night fades. The chorus heard singing Ava Maria as a line of robe monks depict walking through the lit, walking um, with the lit torches through the forest uh, into the ruins of a cathedral. Oh, so it goes like. <laughs> So it's so it's kind of like uh you know the the Littlefoot adventure. What's that uh what's Littlefoot's movie? The the um, Land Before Time. Oh yeah, yeah. So we have like, you know, abstract abstract shapes, land before time, some Hercules shit, and then straight up a Dio album cover. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it looks like it too. Um oh, what's his name? Um the guy who was the most famous Dracula. Um, oh, Vlad the Impaler? No, the actor. Oh. <laughs> Not the same thing I am at all. Losing my mind. I need to know this guy's name. Um, I will look it up here in a minute. But anyway, the, 
the one of the more famous, like Boris Karloff, I think his name was. You're talking Boris. about the one that was uh that was Dracula, or at least a, a popular elder vampire in the the Bella like Lugosi. An, Bella Lugosi. That the actor, like the 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 most famous like oh. depiction of Dracula. Sorry. Okay. Boris Karloff is uh, other other horror movies. Uh, Bella Lugosi as actually there, like he did posing for because what a lot of times they would do is they would actually like film somebody doing something and they would trace the movements. And that's how you get like these really smooth okay, um, yeah. uh, animations because they're literally like drawn. Yeah, you know, the people would act out the scene and then the people would draw on top of that. Oh, um, so they had Lugosi come in and like do, you know, his theatrical thing as uh, Chernobog. And they, I think they wound up, I think they were basing it off of his physiology or I think that's the word, you know, yeah. his, his physical shape and stuff. And I don't think they liked it. So they actually used somebody from the crew. Um, oh. Cause they liked his, like the way, like his, like, I guess like his, like, you know, just the shape of his body basically, which I don't know if it'll be a compliment or, a, yeah, or not. Uh, the Fantasia feature features over 500 animated characters. Wow. Yeah. It's a busy piece. Yeah. So there's three years, three years and all that. I mean, you have separate crews, you know, doing different things and different animations and making sure like you get the orchestra put together. Cause just imagine like all that has to be coordinated. Yeah. Cause the animation is not just like happening. The animation's happening to the music. Wow. So the animation has to be animated specifically to certain key points. Like when they, you know, to the beat, at least like when they're doing the ballet stuff, all the steps have to be to the correct measures and beats and all that. Wow. Yeah, it is a, it is a, it's an undertaking. Like it's, it's neat from a technical standpoint, but it maybe it's like a project you don't do when you're already like a hundred point, Sorry, one point six million dollars in the hole. Yeah, that's true. In the forties, <laughs> so maybe this is like you're doing. You got like two good movies in your belt. And you're like, I got this dream project. I, you know, I think it's a niche group that's gonna like it, but I think this will be one I'm known for later on, which is, which is a huge gamble and very admirable for people that like go forward with those projects. Yeah, um, but I think there's a smart way to do it. Yeah, definitely not third movie in after a bomb. No, 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 no. Um, I think we'll skip on to, there is a section I, um, if we have time, I'll come back to, but it's just kind of like extra. So if, if they saved it and then afterwards, after Walt Disney died, then they released it back. That would be cool. How do you mean? And it probably would have taken off a little bit better. If Fantasia, they didn't actually release it when they did. If instead they just basically made it and didn't do anything with it. And then later released it after Walt Disney passed as like a, Hey, we found this movie that's been made that it was never released. Maybe I think that might've done a little bit better than how it currently did. Uh, I think releasing anything around world war two. Yeah, that's true. Trying to release like a, you're trying to release like a big money maker around that point. I think was a a mistake. Maybe he had no other choice. Maybe like well, because he said three years, and like this is happening in like you know 1940. 
So maybe like if he, so that means he would have started in like 37. So maybe when he started, like the war had like officially kicked off yet. And maybe he was just yeah. too deep to stop. Oh shit. Yeah. It's just a, maybe that's how it is. I don't know for sure. Um, but that might be, that's my guess at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would really suck. That would really suck. So we're going to move on to controversies in the film. Okay. Um, so there is some arguments uh, starting, you know, right off the bat. Uh, we have arguments over the depiction of creation. Oh. So back to that segment about, uh, you know, dinosaurs and stuff, which was. I think it was the uh, right of spring. Yeah, it was the right of spring segment. Who is having problems with dinosaurs? Well, my friend, in April 1942, the Irish film film censor, say that three times fast, insisted the film cut out Taylor's scientific uh, introduction of the right of spring due to the materialistic portrayal of the origins of life. Basically because it showed... You know, it's this your standard evolution belief. Like it started off as a microorganism that turned into this, that turned into that, that turned into a fish. Oh, does it actually like show that? Yes. Oh, it shows like the basically the beginning of life as we know it into dinosaurs, into dinosaurs to the extinction event. Oh, pretty metal. Yeah, it's dark. Like this is not. Yeah, because so especially (laughs) Disney nowadays. If if Pinocchio, if Pinocchio wasn't. So you have Snow White, right? Pretty like, I mean, guy kissing a, a essentially a dead lady in the woods. Kind of weird. Kind of weird. Yeah. Kind of weird. Um, Where's the consent in that one, Disney? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird, but, you know, if you're looking at it from, if you're watching it as a little kid, it's, it's an innocent kind of thing. Yeah. You're watching it as a kid. You don't know better. Um, you see Pinocchio. Like he's drinking beer, getting drunk. Uh, make doing some pretty bad things, running away from home. It's like you went from zero to like a seven and a half, yeah, to eight. Like he's doing drugs. <laughs> you went from seven dwarves are who to to uh, he's he's getting drunk with like some carnies or some shit. Like you know he's he's being a he's being a bad bad boy. You know it's off to work we go. Now I got fired. Let's do math. (laughs) (laughs) I'm picturing a meth head singing. (laughs) After the, after the dwarves were laid off, (laughs) what that looks like. (laughs) I'm homeless. (laughs) God. Uh, yeah, so it goes like one to like seven and a half, eight, pretty hard, right? Yeah. It's your second. It's pretty film. fast. All yeah. these kids going, I wonder what the, you know, the, the dwarves are going to look like this time. And then you see Pinocchio, like, what is he drinking, mom? Why is it bubbly? And why does he, why are his eyes all weird? And then you come out with like, okay, okay. So like, it's an orchestra. My kid's going to hate this. All right. The cre- Okay. Some abstract shapes. All right. That some fairies. Okay. Whatever flowers. That. Dinosaur just fucking die. <laughs> Hang on a second. You just went from you just went from Stegosaurus 
Triceratops. You know, my kid loves dinosaurs. And now you've shown him why and how they're gone. Oh, my God. Set to the right of spring. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, many a child was confused leaving the theater. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he went to like a 10. I want to know what. I want to know if there were any bets made. Okay, this is Disney's third movie coming out. First one, Princess. Snow White, awesome. Second one, Can't go wrong. Pinocchio. Eh, you know, they took kind of a left turn. What do you think this third movie is going to be about? You think they're going to go back to the princess thing because the Pinocchio thing didn't work out? If, and if then I they release. Betting, man, I'd be like, shit, what is the next Disney film going to look like? Pulp Fiction? <laughs> Well, you would think that they would go back to the princess after the second one didn't work out so well. And then that is not what happened. Fantasia came out and I want to know how many bets were lost at that happening. We keep going this route. Like Mickey's going to do it like a line of Coke and then. (laughs) 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 It's going to keep getting worse. (laughs) <laughs> you hear Miseralu playing in the background and he's gonna be dressed like uh sam jackson and uh uh what's his name vincent vega i forget the actor's name at the moment but are we happy vince mickey at a metal concert at the fourth movie he's just dressed like kiss why not oh <laughs> uh, then we get to something slightly worse oh Maybe not slightly, a lot okay. worse. This is a lot oh, worse. Oh, oh. This is a lot worse. Okay. Um, problematic characters. Okay. <laughs> Considering Disney, their past history, certain films we don't talk about. Okay. Delicately. <laughs> how do you, what do you expect him about to say next? Delicately. Uh, <laughs> uh, Maybe crude depictions of certain kinds. Oh, is this going into like all of the, uh, even the old Disney movies that I love have some, uh, some questionable things in, in you know, each Disney movie. There's things that don't age well. And then there's this. Okay. And there's the things that just were never supposed to age. Just why does that person have a boner? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, no. A little mermaid. No, I was talking about, uh, it was, that was in Aladdin, I think. Right. Uh, I think it was a little mermaid. It was like the, it was like the, when they were getting married. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Little mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> in the late sixties, four shots of the pastoral symphony were removed that depicted two characters that were racially stereotyped in a big um, way. It's bad. It's bad. I don't, I, I went, I, so I watched this. My grandma had it. So she would have definitely had it was on VHS by that point. Yeah. Now by the time you get the VHS, I'm pretty sure these scenes are edited out. So I never saw this. I had to look it up. Oh, um, <laughs> delicately put, uh, we okay. basically have very racist looking centurettes featured in the film. Uh, and that's, that's their word. There's centaur male version. Centaurette okay. is the, yeah. the female version. 
Well, um, every, so basically all the other centaurs are, you know, muscular, long flowing hair and stuff like that. And then you have specifically two that are singled out. Okay. Everyone else is elegant and beautiful, except for one that's called sunflower. Who's straight up missing a tooth. The only one who's missing a tooth and has hair that's made to let's say look less elegant. Like everybody else has got these long flowing hair and hers are kind of like bunched together and these kind of crude bow ties. Like they're, it, oh. it's bad. It's really bad. Um, so uh, according to Disney activist, David Smith, the sequence uh, was aired uncut on television in 1963 before the edits were made uh, for the film's 1969 theatrical reissue. Okay. Uh, Especially compared to Disney now. Oh, yeah. Like, I bet they're trying to cover up these a lot. Of oh, they, they, what they happened. do. Yeah, no, this is this is a blemish in there, you know, because they're supposed to be so friendly, you know. You know, Song of the South, they've tried to bury that movie. It's like, no, you made that. You made that. <laughs> uh, John Conkrin, I believe you say his name. Uh, the editor responsible for the change in 1991 uh, release set reissue release said it's it's sort of appalling to me that these stereotypes were ever put in. So it's like you. It's obvious. Yeah. Like it's not even like. Uh, <laughs> it's it's it, there's another way to say it. They meant to do it that way. Yeah. They're the only ones that are of that complexion. And everybody else is like these like different neon colors. And yet you have these kind of like, you know, different shades of like brown and black that are that uh, look specifically like that. There's it's super intentional. There is no ifs or around it. There's yeah. nothing. Uh, and it's super bad. And I, 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 just, I just think if you're making something that's supposed to be for all children, even at that time, as you know forward thinking as you know that company was supposed to be at that time too uh it's something you would have thought about yeah um kind of a side note um i believe the proper term for a female centro a centaur is a centauride or uh centauritis it's like centaur but i-d-e-s at the end centaurides i i don't know yeah, something like that. Or centauruses are female centaurs. Just thought it was an interesting thing to note. Definitely. There is also, because we're not done yet with the controversies. Oh, God. Lawsuits from the orchestra. Oh. Um, Did they not, like, pay for rights to put it in their movie? <laughs> Long story short, uh, to, to summarize this one, to get moving along, um, Basically, it came down to, uh, you know, Disney didn't pay them a lot of money. Uh, I think over time it accumulated up to $120 million worth of profits uh, because they said, no, no, your rights only existed in the theatrical release. Oh. And then they're like, no, it extends to DVD releases too, or like at this point, laser disc. You know, those are laser discs. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, so basically Disney's just being cheap, you know, and uh, they settled out of court. So they got that figured out, but uh, they took them to court for it. Um, 
another real quick thing we're going to blow through is another problem we had is that there is the animator strike in 1941. Oh yeah. The great animator strike of 1941. Everyone knows this. <laughs> well, um, basically it was for inadequacies, inadequacies of pay. And uh, basically, cause a lot of them were non-union. Yeah. Um, Disney was just like, you know, just, um, you know, doing all whatever they wanted to pay wise. Uh, due to like, you know, the failures of Pinocchio and Fantasia in 1940, Disney like did major layoffs. Um, and this was also during World War II. Yeah, World War II is happening in the yeah. background. Wow. And Great time for a union, a strike. Um, they're also their pay structure was really disorganized. Um, some people were earning as much as $300 a week in 1940. Wow. And then some were making as little as 12. So 300 and then 12 sometimes. Wait, $12. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is 1940. Yeah. So still, I know the buying power. twelve. It's, it's still like not much, but the buying power $12 is more, but yeah, it's, it's chump change. I think no matter how you look at it, I still think there'd be less than a lot less than like a minimum wage nowadays. Oh yeah. I haven't, um, I haven't done the calculations on that, but it, yeah, it would, it's not much. Yeah. Uh, Disney animator Willie, uh, Willis Pyle said there was no rhyme or reason to the way, uh, the guys were paid. You might be sitting next to a guy doing the same thing you are and might be getting $20 more a week or $20 less. Huh? Basically. So yeah, there was no like rhyme or reason or structure. People are getting paid and all like, you know, paid more or less for the same amounts of work. It's just really kind of crazy. They would work. They would sign something saying they were working 40 hours, but they would actually be like working way over sometimes. Oh, and you know, that, that old song and dance. Yeah. I mean, um, that happens nowadays. Yeah, it does. It's really, really kind of messed up and do, and do your best not to participate in that because they are taking you for a ride. You need to work yeah. somewhere else. If I mean, it's not acceptable. It's really the stigma of, a lot of companies like to say, Hey, don't discuss like how much you make with, with each other. That's like frowned upon. Yeah. Cause they don't want you forming a union. It, they don't want you to like realizing that the guy doing the same job you do makes more than you do or less than you do. And then you guys start to talk in and it's like, wait, why am I not making that much? Yeah, no, it's yeah. No, don't, don't accept that. That's not right. Exactly. Um, long story short terms were met and then like the, you know, uh, they got the, the pay figured out and then the strike was resolved. So from here on out, we are entering, I believe this is the right button. going to go on faith. No, no, no. We are oh. now entering wackadoo lane. Oh, it was, it was one right. of, it was one of those. So this is where. This is where the ride begins. Okay. Hold on. Hold on to your hats. Because now we're getting into. Uh, so basically everybody like there's a, this belief that Fantasia is tied to the Illuminati with imagery, but also the fact that the film itself was used as a brainwashing device. Hell yeah. Yes. Um, That's what the Illuminati's about. Some of that brainwashing. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Some of that brainwashing. Mm. 
I was more going for like sling blade. Sling blade. Um, so this guy drives me insane. This this um this author. So I had to get I had to get some music. Okay. As we as we read through his articles, <laughs> if you will. Okay. So uh let me go ahead and uh, slide this up. Fritz Art Springmeyer, <laughs> born Victor E. Schuf, September 24th, 1955, uh, is the author of uh, a lot of the materials we're going to be covering over. <laughs> Who connects Fantasia <laughs> to the Illuminati? I almost did a spit take. I went to go take a swig of my drink and literally just almost spit it out everywhere with this kazoo play. <laughs> So, <laughs> so he was actually so Fritz Art Springmeyer. Remember that that's important. Uh, was born Victor E. Schuf, night September twenty fourth, nineteen fifty five, in Portland, Oregon. That's important later. <laughs> They're harmonizing. They're harmonizing. He's the American author of a conspiracy a conspiracy theory <laughs> literature who has written a number of books claiming that a global elite who belong to a satanic bloodline are conspiring to dominate the world. He has described his goal as exposing the New World Order agenda. He has a he has self-published a number of works. Bloodlines and the Illuminati, which is the book we're going to be drawing a lot of inspiration oh from. Oh my god. Uh, deeper insights into the Illuminati formula which is uh, it's another one of his books. The Illuminati formula used to create the undetectable total mind control slave. Oh, man. Catchy title. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has endorsed the existence of the Project Monarch, an alleged CIA mind control project based partially on the assertions of author Kathy O'Brien. Known for catchy quotes like, in spite of mockery and the imitation of God's 12 <laughs> disciples, Satan blessed 12 bloodlines. One of these bloodlines was the Ishmaeli bloodlines, from which a special elite line developed alchemy, assassination techniques, and other occult practices. Like the kazoo. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to that. Like, <laughs> I, I had to have that reading. This, this amazing fucking wackadoo. Like, okay. So every time I see, um, name, you know, the, uh, uh, assassin techniques and other occult practices, um, name them. What are the other occult practices? I'll wait. Kazoo. Uh, 100%. One. Uh, kazoo should be the, the recorder, like two. name face instrument of the, if any cult, the the recorder is uh, is actually what Satan sounds like. Uh, just just wait for our uh, Phantom no, Jukebox release. What Satan sounds like the the kazoo's too innocent. Uh, just wait for the Phantom Jukebox release of our uh, next uh, kazoo album. Oh, there's gonna uh, be some kazoo. I basically <laughs> want to do that, but a longer version, something a little more subtle. Um, <laughs> so so back to that quote. You know, he talks about how there's 13 bloodlines, right? Which is the Illuminati thing. You know, our yeah. old friend. Yeah. Um, so he says, you know, Satan blessed 12 bloodlines, but he's like, but there's 13, right? So the 13th bloodline is apparently from the house of David, which is from Jesus's children. Oh, you know, the, um, the old children of Jesus. 
You know, you know the whole like uh, Da Vinci Code thing. I didn't, I didn't know Jesus had any kids. Well, that's you know that's the you know the movie The Da Vinci Code. Like that's what the yeah. well, actually the book Da Vinci Code. Yeah. That's what that whole story is based on. That like Jesus, um, I think it's Mary Magdalene, I believe is her name. Okay. Um, basically, like had a family, and that family has like a bloodline. Oh, yeah, that's that belief. I mean, interesting. I mean, sacrilege to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, but it's an interesting, like in a writing aspect, it would be interesting. But basically that, that 13th, that bloodline, uh, they have the blood of Jesus, but they also have the blood of his brother, Lucifer. I mean, Jesus and Lucifer aren't necessarily brothers. Yeah. And there's a whole like comedy sketch about how sucky it would be to be Jesus's brother. Oh, that's uh, the, it's um, uh, life of Brian, isn't it? No, it was the guy born in the manger next to Jesus. Um, uh, yeah. Stephen, is it Stephen Lynch? Craig, I think so. Yeah. Craig Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's like, could you imagine being Jesus's brother? That would suck. I think Robin Williams did one too. Yeah. You know whose brother? <laughs> Not even a good carpenter. <laughs> no, there's also like a, a, if you want to like, if you want your brain to hurt, I got some like last minute research when I did this. Look up a show called The Edge of Wonder on on Facebook if you at your own risk because they like they talked about like how this book's like legitimate all this other kind of stuff. Oh, and what they choose to laugh at in that blows my fucking mind because they're laughing at like certain elements of Christianity, but they're all like, "But this is how this information's real." Talking about, uh, um, you know, secret world government and all this other kind of stuff. Oh, that's wow. Like, oh, that's where we draw the line. <laughs> neat uh, but there's another thing i'd like you to know about uh oh yes about uh more the area fritz springheimer i mean why would you name change your name to fritz if your name is already victor victor's a cool name yeah 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 but it, victor e schoof and he changed it to fritz arts springheimer springmeyer sorry springmeyer springmeyer but why why but that's important to know Fritz Arts Springmeyer because uh, on January 31st, 2002, Springmeyer was in, uh, uh, in, was it? Basically, he was arrested in the, by the United States District Court of Portland, Oregon. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, on February 12th, 2003, he was found guilty of one account of armed bank robbery. <laughs> <laughs> In violation and one count of aiding and abetting the use of a semi-automatic rifle during the commission of a felony. That is quite a leap mm-hmm. from jobs. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was just like somebody else being called Springmeyer. And I was like, there's no way because this is on his Wikipedia, but I've, I have the court document. Wow. It's Fritz Arts Springmeyer because that's his new legal name. Portland, Oregon. <laughs> I mean, if I was a betting man, I think that's nine in 10. It's him. Yeah. Uh, your boy who's trying to reveal the truth about the Illuminati and like self claims to like be like one of the best at it uh, or being one of the only ones like really doing it. And, you know, a lot of other people are like posers, but I'm doing the real work here. It's kind of this guy's, this guy's vibe is what I'm getting. It's like straight yeah. up held a bank. Yeah. I was involved in a, Fucking bank robbery. That's the next step. He was just trying to get information. He didn't want the money. 
It was all about asking the bank for information about the Illuminati. I was talking to Dakota about this and apparently the, uh, you know, his, his sales aren't doing so well. <laughs> um, so Springmeyer worked. So this is going back to the court case. Springmeyer worked with he and Bateman on the general and detailed planning of the bank robbery, which included choosing the bank to be robbed, determining the timing of the robbery, choosing access and exit routes and using a divert, um, diversionary device and its timing as an effective distraction. Um, the use of the firearm. Uh, I think that's the number of the evidence and obtaining, um, obtaining and use of a stolen car. So he just went straight up grand theft auto. Wow. And that's super entertaining. They have him in all that. There's no way the other guy can't say, Oh yeah, I wasn't part of that. I didn't plan anything. I didn't know what was going on. No, you helped plan all of this. What weapon you were going to use the stolen car. Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's, it's so, 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 so bad. Actually. Um, uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later, but, uh, on November, 2003, he was sentenced to 51 months in prison on, on robbery charge and 60 months for aiding and abetting, uh, the crime. Oh, wow. Find $7,500 ordered to pay $6,488 in restitution assessed an addition uh also basically also got like a $200 fine at the end of that i suppose uh the conviction was affirmed on the appeals court so he tried to appeal it they said fuck you and then he was imprisoned and then released from federal prison march 25th 2011 wow <laughs> that's awesome Woo. i mean my you know what maybe it helps Maybe, <laughs> maybe it helps in the conspiracy world to have some street cred. You know, we were talking earlier off the air about creating a wall, like a little, little backdrop where we could put stickers of other podcasts that podcasts have sent us some stickers. Oh yeah. 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 Very yeah. nice. Um, I think in the middle smack dab and all of that, we should put a picture of that guy's face. Just to remember where we're at, <laughs> how far it can go. Just to remember that options are always available. You know, if this podcast doesn't take off with like we think it should, <laughs> there are plenty of options I, out there in the ether. I hope, um, I'm hoping that it does better than us uh, getting a, I don't know what's more shameful. Like <laughs> if someone put a gun to my head and said, you either have to, wholehearted like you have to write conspiracy books like non ironically or you have to help me with this bank robbery um i'm like well at least the bank robbery is cool <laughs> i don't know if i could like look at my my family again if i was like literally going like doing book tours trying to talk about like you know the satanic 13 bloodlines wow and yeah. like uh He's talking about them being able to astral project and shit. Like what <laughs> there's, we're going to get to a section special talking about Fantasia. And like he rips into Disney pretty hard and okay. the, and the bloodlines of the Illuminati. I found a section of it online. Like I have the PDF document and I was reading through that this afternoon and I've got, to, I've got, I've got so many notes. It was, I was kind of, I was, I, I thought there wasn't going to be as much to this. And then I found that 
And then they changed this entire episode this afternoon, like this afternoon. Like I was so excited. I'm so excited to get into it. This might be a little bit longer episode. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Uh, a lot of work went into this episode. I mean, we need those subscriptions. You know, we don't want to be robbing banks. <laughs> yeah, if, you could, if you could keep us away from that, uh, I, I would appreciate or, it. Or even worse, writing blogs about how conspiracies are real. Um, keep us away from that. Keep us on the right side of the path. We're doing what we're doing currently. <laughs> we would greatly appreciate it. I've got to, I've got reviews on his book. I was pulling up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this is an excerpt from Fritz Springmeier's Bloodlines of the Illuminati, which you can find on Amazon. Or uh, let's see, I think I saw one for like hundred ninety-one dollars. Hell yeah, yeah. It's a uh, have faith in yourself. <laughs> just what? wakes up every morning and just like looks at himself. You're worth it. You know, whenever you, you, the listeners at home are thinking, you know, I'm, I'm charging really cheap for my painting or, you know, my artwork, my, whatever you're producing and anything you sell. Uh, just remember that he, he chose to sell a book at 193. One. I mean, this is on Amazon. So we'll, well, he did choose the prices, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he, he, he believe in yourself. If you can, if you can put the real work into like a painting or like a real work of fiction, yeah. and say it's a fiction and not claim your fiction's reality. Hey, if any of you listening write a book exactly like he did, I'll if, still buy it from you. If he can do it, you can do it at least five times better. At least, at least, <laughs> have faith in yourself. Us at Phantom Jukebox have faith in you, <laughs> just not Springmeyer. <laughs> Everybody but Fritz Springmeyer, we believe in you. Be Get a, out there and do that creative project. Be erratic enough that we're then researching you to have a Maybe whole, not. I don't know if he, Okay. I don't know if there's a whole lot of situations where. <laughs> certainly not in the light we're looking at this dude. Uh, in a good way, I would love to review somebody's musical project in a good way. Hell yeah. With the, the same reverence we had for uh, uh, Foster Jenkins, because that was a, my heart goes out oh, to that lady. Yeah. Jesus. So he, so this, this is a lot, mainly excerpts from his book, Bloodlines of the Illuminati. Oh, do we get more? Oh, oh, oh. I'm starting to remember where the buttons are. So this expose, uh, this is, this, so this is his, um, this is a self-claim. Um, so this is from him. This expose is undoubtedly the deepest on Disney that has ever been done. Bold claims. Nice. Nice. I'm here for it. I'm here for the confidence. Yes. Let's see where this goes. This, is, this guy is just reeking with confidence all over. That's how he robbed the bank. I think that's bourbon. <laughs> yeah. It might be bourbon. One of the, one of the two. Um, more from him. And this is how he's connecting Disney to the Illuminati. People unknowingly feed their children, children, a steady diet of occultism and witchcraft because they have been programmed to think Disney is a whole is, is uh, of wholesomeness and everything that is good about America. Many writers over the years have tried to expose Disney 
most of them have been stopped before their books can be published, then why is yours out? <laughs> Not the thing that I was going for, but. That's very true. That's very true. I'm waiting. Why is your book out? Many people have been stopped in trying to spread this news that I'm spreading right now, but that, no one stopped me. That means two things. One, you have mad connections and somehow you're, you're sneaking this thing out. Two, they don't even know who you are or give a shit. Yeah. And they are not threatened in the slightest. <laughs> it's just, just he's walking down the street, like huddling the manuscript to this book, like leaving the Starbucks. He was obviously typing it. And all of a sudden this black car with like big ears comes out. <laughs> Go on, release it. No, I don't believe you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just picturing. Uh, you pic- think anyone's going to buy that crap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I just picture uh, Jonah Hill's character from like Dogs of War or whatever that movie was. <laughs> Something like anyway. So anyway, his book is somehow being released um, as a programming device. Mickey Mouse works well because it plays on the subconscious and genetically transmitted fear mice of mice that women have. So not only is this guy crazy, but he's also a little sexist. Mice that women have? Uh, the transmitted fear of mice that women have. Oh. Yes. Like genetically transmitted fear of mice. Yes. The fear all women own of being afraid. 100%. Of mice. Yes. Not a single man in the world is scared of a mouse. Not one. Not one. And every single woman. It's genetics. I mean, Fritz Springmeier said it. It's genetics. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, you can't argue the science. I read it on the internet. Using. It must be true. The science he's using is 100% just opinion-based. 100. Yep. He is drawing from sources that he wrote. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have a crazy sexist. Um, <laughs> Mickey's image can help create a love-hate relationship, which is so valued during the transmutation, uh, sorry, the traumatization and programming of a mind-controlled slave. Oh boy. Oh man. Oh man. And I read that line and I was just like, this episode's going to be so good. This episode's going to be so good. Uh, so <laughs> for, for some like real world evidence that he's trying to like pull into this story, he represents, he, he goes into the example. He's like, well, I mean, to 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 my point, uh, Disney also Disney did make a collection of films for the military. Oh, and they did, okay. and they did, but so did like Looney Tunes. Yeah, because uh, it was like heavy, heavy. I mean, they probably would have a harder time getting away with that now. Yeah, um, because of like you know messaging to children and stuff. I think the FCC is involved with that. I'm not quite sure. But Disney did make military uh, movies and cartoons that uh, taught about the different branches of military, such as uh, one's called Why We Fight. Um, a few other ones were Der Fuhrer's Face, uh, Education for Death, Making of a Nazi, Commando Duck, and Donald Gets Drafted. Was 
was uh was Popeye Disney? Um, no, I think Popeye is uh, no, he's not Disney. Uh. Not quite sure who owns Popeye. Some of the films were top secret. Again, how do you know? And concerned secret military weapons as uh, such as secret psychological tactics for the Americans. For instance, one military film was American Psychotherapy, which taught army men how to install fear and about the basics of fear. Oh, okay. So where did you get that information? Yeah. Hmm? I do believe our military has a lot of secrets. Oh, 100%. But no dude... No blogger ever is going to know those secrets. Well, he wrote, he wrote this, I believe, in 95. Yeah. So he's not, well, I mean, there's internet, but he's not like, I don't know if he's like a blogger. But he's, well, he's like that He's age. a self-published lunatic is yeah, what he is. Yeah, he's that era version of a blogger. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in 1940, he claims, Disney came out with two full-length animated cartoons, Pinocchio and Fantasia both of which were soon used for Illuminati mind control programming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love this backhanded. As a feature cartoon, it was a flop, but as a programming tool, it was fantastic. Talking, oh about, talking about Fantasia. Um, some examples he brings up, and I, I, we get into the instructions for Fantasia here in a minute, but some examples he brings up are Walt used the Rite of Spring music for Fantasia. This piece of music was written as a pagan ritual where a virgin sacrifices herself by dancing to death. When using the piece, Disney's mobster, mobster uh, Gunther Lessing, so apparently they just had a mob guy on hand, and actually maybe he did. Had that, I believe that more than a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was probably a ruthless businessman. Oh, 100%. Uh, Gunther Lessing had threatened Stravinsky if permission wasn't given for him to use that piece of music uh, and it would be, you know, he would get away with it. Also, Dr. Julian Huxley got involved with the production of Fantasia uh, and alludes. I don't know that name, uh, but basically he was well known uh, by the other conspiracy researchers to have roles in the New World Order. So this oh. Dr. Julian Huxley is involved with the New World Order. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, yes. But I of what I just read there, 100%, I think Disney had someone on the payroll to make things happen. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Just like. Oh, 100%. Even still. <laughs> when he gets done agreeing with you, <laughs> take him down to the docks. Um, uh, all of the Illuminati members, this author, this author, so he's talking about all the Illuminati members this guy is aware of, of who have received trauma-based total mind control, were taught to astrally project and study the astral plane uh, with what they needed to learn. <laughs> what bullshit? Well, oh, there's a. Uh, Do we bring, need more kazoo? Oh, I got to bring it back for this next section. A Disney movie that portrays this astral projection is Goofy Over Dental Health. <laughs> this oh. is an educational film Disney released in 91 and again in 93, where Goofy places a magical toothbrush under his child's pillow, a child's pillow, so that the child astral projects to a dentist office while on the astral plane to studies how to have healthy teeth. 
Um, Fantasia was released in theaters in 40, 46, 56, 63, 69, 77, 82, 85, and 90 in order to make sure each generation of children was exposed to this film. Um, please, everyone listening, uh, don't crash your car if you're listening, driving <laughs> out of pure confusion. Um, mom, make it to work on home. If you're getting lightheaded, uh, pull over. <laughs> <laughs> Out of pure confusion of what the <laughs> hell is going on. Oh my God. Find, I find the nearest parking lot, rest stop or restaurant. I don't understand. Drink some water. What's going on. Oh my God. <laughs> Phantom jukebox is not liable. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, maybe we should start putting warnings in the front of our episodes. I don't know. <laughs> may may cause sudden nosebleeds. <laughs> Intense confusion. Oh my god. Oh. May start a midlife crisis even you even if you're like a quarter of your way through your life. I don't know. Uh real quick to answer, Turner Entertainment owns Popeye. Ah. Never heard of them. Um, da, 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 da. Paramount Pictures retains the right. Oh, actually, Disney, I think, owns them now. Oh. Because they own Paramount. Oh. Yeah, I think they got, they might have gotten in with that. Yeah, that's technically how the monopolies work because they just <laughs> buy other small businesses and keep the same names. Yeah, there's some shady stuff going yeah. in there. I'm sure that I would believe yeah. a lot more than yeah. Goofy teaching us to astral. Project. That would be a whole. Hail Satan. <laughs> you have to go to the astral plane. Oh, hail the dark one. Why can't Pluto talk? Why is Pluto on a leash? Actually, uh, Goofy is technically a cow. What? And Pluto is a dog. You're lying. No, Goofy's a cow. There's no way Goofy is a cow. You're fucking up my entire childhood. Don't tell me Goofy's a cow can't do that to me i thought we were friends that's not okay ty (laughs) (laughs) i have read that goofy was a cow and that like the reason hmm, maybe not that's another conspiracy oh god i read that he was a cow and that's why that's why pluto's a dog and can't talk and that's why like because it still doesn't make any sense they're all animals well, I know, but there's other, <laughs> there's more anthropomorphic cows in old Disney cartoons oh, than there are dogs. Because yeah. Pluto's always been a dog and walked on all fours. And like, yeah, there's been like bipedal cows before. Okay. So I think Goofy is supposed to be, I have to get like the official on that, but I'm pretty sure he is a cow. We are in by no shape or form. Uh, Google says dog, but I've heard cow a couple times. Yeah. Because they, they, they explain the difference. But you know what I can't explain? Yes. Is the instructions and how the basically instructions, not quite step by step, but how one, a, a programmer, aka a member of the Illuminati programming young children. Yes. Um, essentially your, your instruction manual on how to um, hypnotize, uh, sorry, or like program a child, a three to four year old child. 
Well, by golly, good boy. Get at it. I want to know. So we have the step-by-step, like I have a breakdown, a minute-by-minute breakdown of the film. Uh, Not the whole film, just key points. Okay, yeah. This is kind of like your general overall, like, you you know, first couple pages of the manual. (laughs) Uh, According to Springmeyer. Oh. This is paraphrased, obviously, but. um, So Fantasia had almost everything the programmers, this is back to the Springheimer, Springmeyer, sorry. Yeah. Fantasia had almost everything the programmers needed to create the fundamental imagery for their trauma-based mind control. Oh, yes. Uh, it's also a masterpiece in coordinating color and music. That's <laughs> nice. Just a little side note. That's nice. A little compliment. It does. It is a pretty movie. It is pretty. Um, <laughs> according to Springmeyer, child mind control victims had their eyes taped open and sat one-on-one with their primary programmers so that the programmers could give the scripts uh, could give the scripts as the child watched the Disney Fantasia over and over. So basically the kids are watching the movie and the programmers have a script at certain points. Like they're supposed to interact with like there's, I have it later. Oh, wow. While you're watching the movie, like you see this scene and they, they have this phrase so this mind control phrase. Okay. This is supposed to be happening. Like this is supposed to be happening to children and no one's like knowing about it. Right. I, no one would know. That, like kids are being abducted for uh, this to happen. I, I suppose the argument would then go like parents are just allowing it to happen. Or like it's happening at school and nobody knows. And Yeah. So weird. this isn't like, it would be easier to believe, I suppose if like you just went to the theater and saw it because it doesn't make any sense. Like if you went to the theater and saw it and then there's like subliminal messaging, from the theater experience that you took home with you. Yeah, I get it. But if you have to make some, they have to watch this over and over. Uh, like you don't watch Fantasia once and then you have the information you're being like, you know, it's boarded with. Yeah. It. You're being waterboarded with this information. So you're watching it over and over and over and you can't blink your eyes. It's wow. like clockwork orange when, you know, he's in the chair and he's like, not nude wing van. It's imagine that, but I suppose with tape, cause they're nice. Wow. So, I mean, if you would, if you're not trying to hide it, like, and if you need to be one-on-one in a private room anyway, what's the point in making it look pretty? Yeah. Couldn't you find a more efficient way? I mean, you could argue that like, yeah, it needs to be accepted by children and the fact that it needs to be like cartoony. But I mean, like there, there's probably a more efficient way. Like there is exquisite detail in some of the frames of that film down to the bristles of the brooms and the backdrops and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm sure if you're making a, a, a film that only the person you're supposed to be mind controlling is going to see, you could probably cut some corners. Yeah. That's my thoughts anyway. I mean, I've never uh, animated anything to mind control anyone else. So I may not have the best expertise in this area. Well, I, I wanted to animate, then I tried it. I don't like it. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> I'll just design something and then send it off to somebody to go do. Yeah. Um, the film was shown to child victims around. So they're not victims. Okay, so they're being abducted. They're calling them victims. Around three to four years of age with a wide screen uh, while the child was under the guided, uh, a guided LSD trip. Oh. Oh. So now we're giving these kids drugs. 
That's a big accusation. You can't just make that lightly. Uh, That's a by lawsuit. The way, that is uh, Fritz Arts Springmeyer's book, uh, yeah. Bloodlines of the Illuminati. That is the, not my opinion. Yeah, these are not our views. Disney lawyers. <laughs> Phantom Jukebox is not. Uh, it's not sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we are not saying that uh, these people are giving them LSD. Springmeyer is. But apparently it was a guided LSD trip. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you haven't seen Fantasia, uh, when you go to watch it, it might be a movie LSD would probably not be the most fun to be on. Mm. It's a trippy movie already. So to be on a, like a, a mind bender like that, I don't think you're going to have a good time. Uh, you would have a grand dame or mother of darkness. How does he know these names? Are these names he's giving them or these names? Like, I'm assuming he, he is saying these are the official names. Oh yeah. How does he know? He was one of the kids. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I know all of this for personal experience. And what it is, he just fucking hates the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hate classical music. Uh, a, Grand Dame or Mother of Darkness often worked with the Illuminati programmer as an assistant programmer. Oh, yeah. So you're one on one with your primary programmer, and then you've got like a Mother of Darkness, making sure that you're you know you have enough water. You have enough water. You have juice. <laughs> Is like that enough LSD? Like having like a, a scary nurse. <laughs> um. When a three or four year old is shown Fantasia on a. Uh, <laughs> I'm not really prepared. Uh, I misspelled that. Sorry. When they're shown Fantasia and they're on their LSD trip, the, <laughs> the effects of Fantasia are increased about a thousand times. LSD increasing some the effects of something by a thousand times is about the only factual statement we've got so far. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're being shown. LSD will probably increase that effectiveness. I don't think being three or four is the limit. I think it'll fuck with a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people will be on it. Like be pretty crazy. Uh, these scripts would be read over and over and integrated into their mind. It's repetition. It's like, that's why it's trauma based because they don't, you know, they're scared. They don't know why they're there and they're just watching it over and over and over. And they're reading it to them and reading it to them and reading it to them. And it's supposed to be like a, uh, you know, just, just bearing it into their minds. Oh, okay. Um, at some point, the conscious mind will be told to forget the film while it is being buried in the subconscious. So they're kind of uh, hypnotized in the fact that, like, you were never here. Oh, uh, yeah. So, like, this, you were like to like forget this traumatic experience. So basically, what they've created is like this like sleeper cell that is like they've got this like sleeper cell agent, but it's like you're programmed to think like the Illuminati wants you to think. And they just see someone with like the, the Disney hat on with the ears. Like they just wake up from their sleep. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. So just walking around on the streets. They hear someone go, Oh boy. And then they just wake up. Fantasia. They just hear like, they accidentally hear the phrase. Uh, Fantasia was a marvel in both color and sound. Activating agent five, nine, six sprinkles activated <laughs> eyes dilate. Dad, I've got to go. 
That would be a horrible army if everyone in the <laughs> army just spoke like Mickey Mouse. Activate Agent Sprinkles. <laughs> Agent Sprinkles. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it is uh, <laughs> so stupid. Oh, man. I, I love it. I love this, but I hate it at the same time. Um, so years later, the, uh, the victims would not remember this experience and they would have a strong distaste for the film. Oh, so they won't know why they hate the movie. They'll you just say, you say, do you? You're just awfully convenient on a movie that flopped to eat. prove your story. That's why I said I was going to come back. Like, that's why it flopped. Because they brain they're brainwashing all these kids to hate it and then like program them to think like the Illuminati wants them to. And by the way, they're talking one on one with like different generations of children. There are billions of people. How often are they abducting kids and how many at one time and how long do they have to spend with each child? To get enough people to think the way they need them to, that it's stuck to, because maybe sometimes people are just aren't susceptible to this. Like there's people that can't be hypnotized yeah. if hypnotize, if some form of hypnotism is real. I don't, I'm not I'm about 50 50 on that. Yeah. Light forms of it, like maybe like a distractory type, distraction type thing, I would believe, but like the whole like, you're a chicken now. I think that's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but there's some people that are not susceptible to that kind of stuff. Uh, so like, let's say like one in 10 kids didn't get affected or maybe two in 10 kids weren't affected by oh. it. So now only eight of the 10 kids you abducted that afternoon that you spent four hours, let's say doing this traumatic experience theory, you know, experiment with took to it. It's like the ratio is not that great. Like this is a slow going process and these would be kids missing all over the place from 1940. Yeah. Basically like every generation from 40 to like the nineties. So. nineteen forty. So we're basically eight years, 80 years in more or less of this happening. Yeah. Man. They're everywhere. Well, even like even slightly before, because this was supposed to be starting with Pinocchio. Because oh. that was also, I don't have as much, I don't have any information on that one about this per se, but. Fantasia was like, I guess, like the better one. Wow. Uh, so we're screwed. Uh, eventually, they're all going to wake up. There's not going to be well, anyone not even left. supposed to wake up. They're just supposed to be like programmed to think the way the Illuminati wants them to. Like the sleeper cell thing was just more of like an example. Of like it's supposed to exist in the subconscious. Oh, so it's just like, you know, you know, before I was four, I don't remember liking strawberry milk, but now I really like strawberry milk. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those kind of things. That's common among the occultists. Right, right. That's strawberry milk. And now to the minute-by-minute breakdown of the film and the instructions on what the programmer, this is what the programmer is telling the child. Oh, okay. I have a, maybe to get hypnotized. We don't have the film going, and we haven't been watching this for hours, and the biggest thing right now is neither one of us have taken LSD that I'm aware of. Okay, yeah, you haven't taken LSD. That's good. Yes, the four of you I agree with. Okay. <laughs> Would you please tell the left <laughs> side of your face that the right side of your face said hello? Oh, okay. Yes. Um, so here's, so 
there is a minute by minute breakdown. I pulled out maybe like six because there would be over 115 of these instructions. Oh, like he broke it down. Like he was like minute one, minute two. He broke it down like a script. Pretty great. Wow. Zero minutes. You know, start start of the film. Curtains open and and the action begins with an orchestra. The conductor upon the um, the the conductor steps upon a pyramid and is the center of the scene and is shown to be the center of authority. You know, like a conductor. Yeah. That's what they're supposed to do. They're literally conducting. Okay. It's in the title. Um, uh, you tell me when this starts to sound like slander. All right. It's, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. 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 Master programmer, Dr. Joseph Mengel listed, uh, liked Fantasia because he was a musician and a violinist. Mengel liked Bach, Beethoven and Schubert and orchestral music. He enjoyed taking, uh, uh, he enjoyed taking what he liked and using this music to make slaves. Oh, which one of those do you think? Was it was it the last one? Uh, yeah. Good job. I think that one was a slander. Wow, wow. Just just like no hold bars. Uh, spring. He likes these people, these people, these people, and he likes them because he can make slaves. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what a delight! My name is Beasley Bob. You can call me Beals. Long walks on the beach and clubbing baby seals. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are we? So what are we getting? Uh, oh my god uh, Stephen Lynch ladies and gentlemen Stephen Lynch incredible album um, his old album uh, at seven and a half minutes so he does every now and then get into the halves uh, seven and a half minutes the conductor the programmer becomes invisible uh, the programmer's assistant will ask the child who is green green becomes invisible what Exactly. These are supposed to be like trigger phrases for like, maybe, maybe let's. Okay. Maybe we're accidentally activating. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) All these keywords. I understand now. I swear to God, if your eyes dilate and you start talking in a Russian accent, it's the end of the podcast. I have been drinking a cocktail this whole time. (laughs) I didn't even consider that real quick. If you think you've been programmed, <laughs> I didn't realize we needed to include that type that of warning disclaimer. at the beginning of this episode. Please. If you think that you've been programmed by Fantasia, please click away. <laughs> if you think you've been wronged by Disney, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like those metal thesium or whatever it is. Like, have you, <laughs> Have you, you might be entitled to a settlement. Have you ever been illegally adopted by a family entertainment company? You might be entitled to compensation. Yes. It's like one of those commercials that come on during the Westerns in the midday. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to watch Bonanza. Uh, have you tried vaginal mesh? <laughs> you might be entitled to compensation. Tom Selleck comes out. Oh, God. <laughs> We're going to talk about reverse mortgages, but first. Have you ever been abducted by a family entertainment company but watched watch, watch Fantasia more than once in one sitting? You might be entitled to compensation. Call 1-800. Please send checks directly to... Please spell that for me. It's... Uh, blur. It's, it's B and then... Blur. 
Uh, please make all like please make all payments to uh, Fritz Arts Springmeyer. <laughs> Order now, I guess. I don't know. Eleven minutes into the film, worlds within worlds are shown. Water is shown. Concentric circles that are the pattern for the worlds are presented. Yes, a very yes. number of five or seven. Oh. Uh, castle-like structures materialize and disappear. Oh. A quick flowing yellow line comes from the center of the screen. Mm. The programmer would then say, that's the yellow brick road. The Wizard of Oz came up a lot in this too, by the way. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that seemed, seemed kind of random to me. Yeah. So the thing with the yellow brick road, though, is like specifically a movie thing. It's not in the book. No, hang on. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's how we got that mixed up with the shoes. So the yellow brick road comes from the book, but it's okay. about the gold yeah. standard. Yeah. So I, sorry, sorry, sorry. I know where I'm, everybody's on wasn't, edge. Everybody's on edge about the goofy thing. But wasn't the, uh, the, the shoes. The, yeah. The shoes are supposed to be silver from the book, but it's because it was like one of the first ones in color that they were like, let's make them red. Red look better. Yeah. Yeah. Red looked better, but it was originally supposed to be silver. So it was supposed to be like the silver versus the gold standard. Oh, uh, the uh, straw man was supposed to represent like the farmers, you know, the tin man mechanics. I don't know what the lion was supposed to be, um, but you know what I mean? It's, it's there, there's a lot of metaphors in that story. And I don't understand how, like, I mean, they're just drawing. I, mean, I think this, this guy, I think it's just like either the weed is a little strong at this point in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Or his LSD is kicking in. <laughs> maybe, maybe Pink Floyd's playing in the background and he's like, he's doing the dark side of the rainbow thing and just tripping out right now. Maybe he's the only one that this has ever happened to. And he's really just trying to reconcile what happened to him and the fact that all everything he went through, he's trying to be like, no, no, no. they're doing this to a lot of people. And she's like, no, we stopped because you were such a failure. <laughs> you failed harder than Fantasia. That's why we stopped. <laughs> Come on. We hit them with the argument. There are billions of children. We're supposed to abduct like what? 10 a day? <laughs> Hundreds a day? How long? How much time do you think we have? How much money do you think we have? <laughs> These rooms are expensive. Especially when the kids' heads pop and we have to mop it out afterwards. <laughs> So I'll just dude. if you have to watch Fantasia more than once in a sitting, you, you, I would look to somebody to sue. Yeah. It would probably be this person making me watch it more than once. Yeah. 31 minutes into the film, Mickey as the apprentice sorcerer in this sense, and this is parentheses, in a sense, the victim who the programmer is training manipulates the broomstick person. This is where the programmer comes in. The child can do what the great magician did. You can tell your mind what to do. You get power by learning to be creative. Well, that doesn't sound so bad. It's not so bad. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, Mickey and the victim become mere images of the wizard. Of them. Uh, you can do whatever you believed you can do. Whatever, do whatever you put your mind to. Uh, just, just, just one more time, one more time. Seventy-seven minutes into the film, see the feasts. I think we're talking about the uh, the centaurs and stuff here. Okay, yeah. See the feasts. See the banquets. The feasts are okay. 
the banquets are okay. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean, man? I'm confused. What are they supposed to be eating? At 107 point, <laughs> at 107 and a half minutes in the film, bells begin to ring and the demons slink away. And the, de and the dead return to earth to their graveyards. And 108, so this is during the Bald Mountain thing, so Ave Maria is starting to play. 108 minutes. Ghosts return to the grave. Soft music begins to play in Ave Maria by Schubert, which was written for the Catholic Church, begins playing. And 109 minutes. Satan folds himself into a mountain. Quotes, this is the programmer. Do you see Lucifer anywhere? No. You only see a mountain. What the fuck? 105 minutes. So kind of backtracking a little bit. At 105 minutes. Uh, so so uh, Chernabog's still out and about right now. Okay. The programmer then goes, That's what happens if you're bad. You are thrown into the hell pit. Oh, yes. Good. The hell pit. The hell pit. Yes. Everyone knows what the hell pit Headbang into the sound. This kazoo thing's so good. The, the feast reminded me of Soylent Green. It's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Soylent Green is people. It's people. <laughs> Soylent Green is people. Wow. <laughs> so, 115 minutes. <laughs> 115 minutes into the film. The film ends with a peaceful gaze at heaven. The ah. child is being told for the, in the last few minutes, this is a quote the programmer, that world belongs to you. It is a beautiful world. It is a world we want you to live in. It is beautiful. I don't understand why this is so bad. What? I, don't, I don't get it. It's just, it's just really weird phrasing. <laughs> but like so far, None of what the cultists said that you've said was anything bad. It's, it is, these are supposed to be keywords. It isn't shit. like, go find your neighbor and kill them. It's just like, we want you a part of this world. Vote libertarian. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, even Tura shows up. Why don't you tell me? Come on. Another vote for us. Let's do it. Uh, after all the hell that is uh, uh, eventually dumped on the child and the, the and the scare that Satan gives them in the Fantasia film, the child is only happy to create a beautiful world to live in. So I guess you're forcing them to be a better person. Whoop de doo! Oh no! I mean, isn't that kind of what is happening in that sequence in like the first place? <laughs> I've got. I always have a nosebleed. From from all this again, <laughs> going oh. up this research. This has been one of my favorite rides we've ever been on. Oh, there's so much to unpack here. There's so much, and I I just want to close out real quick uh, with some uh, Amazon reviews where you can get his, you can get this book. By the oh, way, oh my! So you can find it on Amazon uh, for the neat. I found a PDF of at least part of this book uh, online. I don't know if I can share it because it's. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you can certainly like, if you look it up, you can certainly find a PDF. Believe me, you can find it. Um, the paperback is $195. Wow. 
Wow. And the mass mass market uh, paperback is 320. I'd never ask anybody to buy this for us, but if you find a cheap copy. Yeah. If you see it at your local yard sale. Uh, if it's sitting on top of like the trash, like I don't want you to stick your arm in the trash can, but if it's like yeah, no. on top of a pizza box, like, like right on the top of a trash can. Yeah. Um, if he could like send that to us or email, if it's under a dollar at a yard sale, if it's under a dollar, um, I would be eternally grateful because I want to start collecting memorabilia like this. And I want to have like yeah. a shelf, like when we get yeah. our, our next setup. And have like a little collection. Oh, that's yeah. I like that. Of this, like the, the, the shelf, like, cause I want to maybe go back and get like the Illuminati books, like from the, uh, the Taylor Swift episode, like the, the, the volumes. And just, oh my gosh. Cause it's going to look like we're really into it, but it's just, it's, let's call it the shelf of irony. <laughs> <laughs> it, it bears the weight of all the ironic purchases we would make in the pursuit of knowledge. Yes. Or the kind yes. The kind of knowledge that we we look for on the Phantom Dream Oh, so real quick, I wanted to give. So this book has got reviews. It's it's fucking great. Um, a sad one. Very quickly. Um, verified purchase five stars. Great book if you're looking into the people who dot dot dot. Great book if you're looking into the people who really control the show. Also like it, uh, also how it references other books relating to the subject of the families. You really want to W-O-N-N-A learn. Yeah. I yeah. love the fact that. Yeah. So it's capital too. You really want to. So W capital W-O-N-N-A. Okay. Not even like yeah. a wanna. Yeah. I'm guilty of that in text. W-A-N-N-A. Hey, you want to go? I'm guilty of that sometimes, but not if I'm putting uh, a review up that other people are supposed to read, not my friends. <laughs> this is a public review. You really want to learn, which is a great pairing of those two words, uh, something about the world. This is the, because it's all caps, book. Another nice. one, this book is extremely insightful and well worth the money for the amount of knowledge you will gain from reading it. If you are open and receptive, you will gain a whole new perspective about the world. I bet you fucking would. How many people did you pay to write reviews? Oh, let's see. It's a 4.6 out of 5. That's way too fucking high. Oh, my God. At the moment, this show is rated higher than our podcast. <laughs> Sorry, this book. <laughs> uh, there are 84% is five stars. There's 126 global ratings. So, um, for those of you out there, uh, if you think that our podcast is a little bit more factually based than this book, uh, just by what you've heard today, go ahead and give us five stars. I do what I can. I do what I can. Like, I know that I know it's the, the subject material is ridiculous, but I try to find either multiple sources that say the same thing or like sources that are somewhat more reputable than glassball.org, you know, Oh my God. Bigfoot's internet connection.edu is bad. Uh, another, <laughs> uh, I like, I like some critical reviews. The top critical review is boring by Reaper. 
R E E P E R. Critical reviews or realistic reviews? It's a one star. Yeah. Which realistic. is far more entertaining. Uh, a look into the lives of the very wealthy. However, very few chapters are footnoted or sourced. The few that are are use works that can be hardly be considered worthy more than this trash heap. Wow. Ooh. Uh, Mickey V state like, gives a one star and says, uh, "More like bloodlines by the Illuminati. Same old gang gets pushed into the shadows and victims blamed. Think about it. Do you really think the book would see the light of day?" On Amazon. Wow. The sad brothers are not, a, they're not like, that's not the worst take. Yeah. I mean, we made that argument earlier. It's like, well, how did your slip through the Illuminati cracks? Oof. Um, <laughs> so this is uh, Sheila as a one star. Oh, no. Um. <laughs> Now people aren't receiving their books in the mail. Obviously the Illuminati are stealing them to keep the world from finding out all about this rubbish. I'm assuming. (laughs) There's some other people complaining that their books didn't arrive. Wow. I'm assuming the Illuminati is just keeping track of everything about this book. So if it gets shipped out, they, they intercept it while it's being shipped. Oh yeah. Like fast and the furious style. They like pull the semi over. Yeah, we're going to get uh, two Honda Civics. We're going to co- yeah. corner, corner a fucking semi-truck. That's how the Illuminati does it, man. We do it with family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, this one's way too long, but I love the title of this one. Uh, I'm not going to read it, but it's recommended, but with a caveat. <laughs> oh, man. If you kind of want to laugh, but also kind of want to be like saddened by the, by the human race, you can check out more of these reviews just on Amazon. Look up bloodlines of the Illuminati. There's way too many. There's way too many positives for this, this uh, trash heap. As the guy said, that's crazy. Yeah. So uh, that's about what I got for this. Uh, how are you doing over there? You're looking. Oh my God. Should we have mixed the drinks harder? Um, it's a confusing uh, mixture of wanting to know more about the Illuminati and where this is coming from. Having not really watched Fantasia all the way through, uh, now I am intrigued. Oh, please, if you're going to watch it, please, please let me be be there. I want to see it. Actually, I don't want to see it again. But uh, is this the time that I watch it with or without LSD? I'm not taking LSD. Yeah, no, me neither. My brain's already like all over the place. So I have nothing to benefit from that. Maybe we can turn that into an event. If somehow we can find out a way to watch uh, Fantasia, maybe with alcohol. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see if we can find what he's talking about. Let's put him to the test. I'll, I'll, I'm putting that on the list of things to try to make it happen. I don't know if there's enough alcohol to understand where he's going from. You really have to be on harder drugs, hallucinogenics, something, at least mushrooms, at the bare minimum. Oh yeah, I'm not taking any of that. That's I don't understand. 
<laughs> I might be a little too clean, clean cut to understand his path, <laughs> his method of madness. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the most I got on that. Um, uh, I want to thank everybody for enjoying this ride with us. <laughs> I think we're done now. So if you if you if you if you the the blood's flowing like it's supposed to, you've gotten some water, taking a couple deep breaths. Yeah, um, calm down, calm down. You know, hearts heart rates back to normal. I think now it's time to, it's safe to put the car back and drive and continue on your journey uh, safely. Um, I want to thank you everybody for listening to the show for real though. I, I really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Um, wait, I had a blast looking this one up, both me and Dakota. I had a lot of fun with this episode. Um, and, uh, thank you for being here, Joe. It was, it was your reactions are priceless. Oh my God. It's everything I hope they would be. Hey, it's seriously, we wouldn't be on 17 if not for you guys actually listening. Yeah, and 17 episodes, man. That's crazy. I feel like just yesterday was 10, and now we're on 17. So Yeah, we're on 17 uh, episodes, and as of right now, we're at uh, 1,143 downloads already. That's insane. That's awesome, and that's because of you guys, and thank you so much for listening. It's I, I have a blast doing this, especially oh, this episode. I love man. the conspiracy ones. You guys wanted more weird stuff. Yeah. This is the step one. This is what we do. Um, so we're, uh, we got some things we're working on. Not going to announce them officially yet, but we got some things we're starting to piece together for some extra content yes. for you guys. Some extra side content. Yes, definitely. Definitely some extra, some goodies and some bigger things. Like uh, I eventually want to figure out how to do some like live streams to some of the, uh, like the dark side of the rainbow and stuff like that. I want to get that figured out. Bad. I know it's like mainly like an audio kind of thing, but there is a, there's a lot we can play with that. There's a lot of like different ideas I want to do. Definitely. Um, definitely. Like I want to get some more like crowd participation stuff in for sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you can uh, check out uh, if you would like to keep listening to the show, we've got our back catalog on Spotify and Apple podcast, uh, good pods or Podbean. Uh, any of your major uh, like stream platforms, Pandora is another one that we got recently. But on some of them, uh, namely Spotify and Apple Podcasts, uh, have reviews. If you could give us a review uh, on Apple, you can even like you can write a note to us. So like uh, leave a review and then uh, maybe talk about content you liked. We like this episode. Um, ideas for future ones. Uh, so the extra content. What what might you want? We'd love to hear from you. We really would. We'd love to hear back from everybody. Um, and we do actually use that information. Oh yeah, uh, that does go to heart, and we do actually. Uh, we we take it to heart and we we would like to do what you guys want. What do you, what do you want? We would like to do all of what that. What can we do for you? You can tell us more about that at Twitter at Phantom Jukebox underscore, Facebook at Phantom Jukebox, and Instagram at Phantom Jukebox Podcast. Just let us know what you like. We actually do use that a lot. We do. And, and I'd love it for it to keep growing because I'd love to get a community going, maybe even like a uh, a private Facebook page or discord, something like that. Get everybody like chatting back and forth. I'd love to build like a cool, like group of people that enjoy yeah. this topic, especially. Do you guys want a separate name for what you call yourselves? Ooh, what would the group name be? The underbites. <laughs> <laughs> something we'll, along those we'll lines. Leave, we'll put that out into the ether yeah. and see what, uh, see what you like. And um, real quick shout outs. 
I'd like to shout out again, the paranoid style podcast. They're cool. Like a, like I said earlier, like they get into conspiracy theories. Kind of like yes. their specialty. We do like the conspiracies over here. Oh, we do. We do. Uh, 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 such. A, I, I love this topic. So yeah. good. Chef's kiss. I love, I love this stuff. Um, uh, the, also the horror movie review podcast, which is called the Gruesome Twosome Movie Review So. It's tough to say, but you'll never forget it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like the, uh, there's some Dr. Seuss in that. Much respect. Much respect. I can appreciate a good Dr. Seuss reference. Um, thank you again, Joe, for being here and enjoying this ride with me. Thank you, Ty. Uh, the, the rabbit hole of research on this one, it kept taking me so many beautiful places. I love just showing up and seeing what the hell you place before me. <laughs> I'm gonna try, oh, no. Man, as I knew this was going to be a good one. Um, I also want to thank our producer, Dakota Galvin, for all the incredible work that, you know, that awesome download number you heard earlier would not be possible without her insane contributions to this. Like she yes. does her uh, kind of like some of the extra things we're doing is the what she's doing is like the, have you, did you know, kind of segments like in the off weeks. Yeah. I really like that. That's cool. It's so cool. Like the, the style of it, uh, the neon and like the purple kind of eighties thing. I, I love that aesthetic anyway. So uh, it's cool that she chose it for uh, all those like bits and each one's custom. She does all the custom thumbnails. Um, she really puts a lot of work into the show. So we, we do our best here to make it a product worth her time. Yes. Yes. And your time as well. Because your time is valuable to us. Yes. We, we really hope you don't wreck any cars, that you stay safe while listening to our podcast. Please listen to this podcast responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> Please listen responsibly. Please listen responsibly. Um, also, uh, the actual audio wizardry of Kenny Grooms. Oh, yes. And his incredible work on the intro and future things to come. Believe oh. me. Because we Hopefully just, soon. Hopefully we, soon. Damn it. We just need a day in the studio. Cause we have, we have so much like, is that Kasu music you heard earlier is like, it's, it's something I found, but it's something I wish we made. And yeah. Or we, we have, we have so many special event type stuff I want to make. And like, we could spend a week in the, in the studio and not have a day where we're like, what no. do we make now? Very, very limited amounts of quiet airspace. From, yeah. From when we finally, get some stuff recorded and we do. And it's just, it's just here to make the show better and to make it uh, in more enjoyable for you guys. We have such a blast doing it and we, we cherish that you are enjoying this ride with us. So that's all I got for this one. Uh, I think my brain, this, my brain has swelled and I need to let yeah. it come down. So uh, I'm signing off. Thanks for listening to the Phantom jukebox. Thank you guys. Oh, we always enjoy your support. Do you want to do it? The closer. What's the closer? Till next time. Until next time.